You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. to you thank you all for joining us today my name is ken swanson this is the ap draft show we are getting so close to the draft occurring this is our last episode of march the next time you hear from the draft show it'll be it'll be april the month in which the kansas city chiefs make some improvements to their football team short and long term really excited about that obviously and i'm excited to talk to my pals too we're all here tonight first find him on twitter at jacob morley Jacob Stack, or should I say Jacob Stash? You looked phenomenal with that handlebar. Thanks. Yeah, uh, my girlfriend wasn't very happy about it. She left me. <laughs> Just All kidding. for the draft Just, guide. All Just for kidding. the glory of the draft guide. Just Please kidding. Guy, she's, yeah. she, she's never had it so good. That's what I reminded her of. Um <laughs> But no, uh, there, it's funny because I'm looking at the Zoom of uh, three very handsome gentlemen who are very clean shaven right now, except for Craig, who's still rocking rocking the stash. And Craig, that stash is looking good. It's uh, it's growing on me, or should I say, it's growing on you. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. You know, the only reason that I keep this thing around is because if I shave this, I look like an ostrich with my bald head. So I literally need some line of hair or something to delineate the top of my head from my neck. So the mustache stays until the beard grows back out. So y'all are just going to have to deal with it for a little while. But uh, we we do have a lot of clean-shaven faces, including my good pal, and the host of today's show, as we discussed before this started, Matthew Lane, friend, how are you doing, my handsome and talented pal? First, I need to take a step back. Isn't your face supposed to distinguish your neck from the top of your head? It doesn't. That's what I'm saying. It does not do that. Okay. It's just blank in here. I have to put some character on it. My, my face does me no favors. He called himself an ostrich, too. I, I don't know if anybody noticed that. Mike Glennon was sitting right there, and he went with an ostrich. I just... <laughs> I alternate. But, so, yeah, I'm doing well. I also have shaved off my white Goodman facial hair. And it was funny, because my wife, much like Jake's girlfriend, was very displeased. So once I shaved it off, I believe she was actually angrier at the clean-shaven look, because I look even more youthful than I normally would without any facial hair whatsoever. So, uh... We all have really cold chins right now, but besides that, I think we're all doing good. We're all, do- all doing good. And Matt, now it's your turn to kind of just run the show because I just got done with a bunch of stuff for the draft guide. We are just all dropped in. We're done. And now I kind of just want Maddie to run the rest of this show. Before we start with that, big props 
to Pete to Dane yes. to Kent. Like the the four of us are going to get a lot of praise and props and stuff like that for all the work that we put into the guide. And I'm not trying to take away from that, but those three did a lot of formatting. They made it look nice. They edited it, like all of that. So props to those three. We want to get that out of the way first and foremost. It doesn't happen and it doesn't look the way that it does without them. Also, Matt Stagner did a yes. ridiculous Yes, good Stags job as well. On his season review, which obviously it ended in pain, but it's still very, very good, and I can't wait for y'all to read it. Matt, just run the freaking show, please. Oh, this is perfect. So we're going to go around the Time horn. Out. You, need to, you need to take us to break two. I want this to happen. <laughs> please take us to break two. You pretend like happens. I know how we do that, but that's fine. I'll take us to a break. So you got it. First, I need we all to go around the horn. This is how we're going to start the show. We're all going to talk about our favorite offensive line technique and why we think that will fit well with the Chiefs. Kent, you are up first. Go to break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't believe that's a technique I'm familiar with. Can you explain it to me? I I I might have to take this show okay. over, and then Matt might be doing this on purpose. So what we're doing today, guys? You know we. We are a couple weeks away now, well, more than a couple weeks, but a few weeks away from the draft. So we are going to start looking at maybe some prospects that aren't just going in the first round. I feel like we give you guys a lot of information, but we mostly, like most draft coverage, stick in the first round. So we're going to do a little bit of a Brett Veach GM activity. We are all going to take turns playing Brett Veach as we're kind of coming into a pre-draft meeting with our scouting staff, which is what the other three people are going to play. And we're just going to talk about a specific position a trait at that position that we think the team highly values, and then the other scouts are going to tell us a player that they think would fit that mold. So we're going to start with the biggest opening on the team right now, left tackle. There's nobody there. It's a ghost. Literally, it's Casper. We should probably replace Casper. So I'm Brett Veach. I'm rolling into my meeting. I said, guys, we can't do this. I've seen Casper go through walls. You think he's stopping Von Miller or any pass rushing NFL? That ain't happening. I need an offensive tackle on this team. I need one that has over 33-inch arms. None of these little T-Rex guys that we're seeing come out this year. I need some guy with some length to play left tackle. Over 33-inch arms. Jake, I need a day-one offensive tackle that has over 33-inch arms. Okay, so this is my scout speech to the room. <clears throat> Let me get into character. Gentlemen. We got our asses kicked in the Super Bowl. Thoroughly. We need someone that can block a GD defensive lineman and keep our all-world quarterback on his feet so he can make amazing plays like we have grown accustomed to seeing. Now, he needs to have his arms be a certain length or we know that he cannot block. This is a thing. <laughs> now, now, there is a short list of men that have the pre-required arm length to block for our out-of-this-world quarterback. Luckily, we need more than just a left tackle. I know we just paid a guard left tackle money, but we still could use another guard and maybe a center. So, I'm going to throw a name at you. A man that may be able to play all five positions. Dylan Radens, North Dakota State. 33 and one quarter inch arm. Just long enough to get that cookie off the top shelf. <laughs> just athletic enough to play left tackle. 
just fleet of foot enough to play guard if we need him to. And you know what? Heck, the boy can even snap. So, with the 31st overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs should select Dylan Radunce, North Dakota State. Well, I digress. I like this Raiden's character. He's going on the short list. This speech was phenomenal. So, uh, Kent, I shouldn't this be shouldn't be, shouldn't this be called the long list since we need aren't longer arms. Kent, I need a guy for day two that also fits just thirty three inch plus arm length because we don't want to be pigeonholed into drafting a left tackle in the first round. I need more guys on this list now. You're absolutely right, especially since Andy Reid, our head coach, values arm length, which you can learn a little bit about. I hear the KC Draft Guide is doing some really good work there. Those Got guys, three of those in my office right now. Yeah. No, and we, we got to watch our backs, boys, because they're coming. I'm telling you what, very intimidating. Uh, my, I'm, I'm going to suggest for, for a day two guy that we should probably look at uh, with, not, with not even half the zeal of our esteemed colleague, Jake Stack. Uh, Walker Little out of Stanford is a guy who's a high-level prospect uh, coming into college, and things haven't always worked out particularly well for him with his health. He's had some issues and some timing issues, and, and COVID has obviously thrown a wrench in his uh, career arc, but the man has some of the physical traits that we definitely need beyond just the requisite arm length. I mean, this man's got some exceptional movement skills too, and there's some work to be done with him, and you wish you would have seen him get a little bit more opportunity in college, but all the traits that we want in our left tackle are in Walker Little. We might have to get him in, in round two. And Boys, the way some of this is trending, especially you know with some of the arm length concerns that this draft possesses, we might have to trade up in round two. We might be having this conversation about 31 with Walker Little by the time the draft gets around here. But uh, that's definitely a player I'm looking around at right, right in day two to try to solve our problem and have you know the requisite length that our that our coach likes. One follow-up question for you, Mr. Swanson. Do you have any concern that he has not faced any level of pass rusher for over 16 months now because he has not stepped on a football field? Oh, I have a ton of concerns, but the I have the you got to pick your poison here. You're gonna have concerns about arm length. Are you gonna have concerns about talent that he's faced? Are you gonna have concerns about you know missed time? There's a bajillion different reasons and different ways you can slice this draft. You got to pick your poison. So if we're looking at arm length, you better just understand that the pickings might be a little bit more slim than you think. Put him on the list, Mr. Stout. You're up next. I need somebody for day three in case we have to go jumping in that trash barrel and find somebody to pull him out. Well, listen, I'm going with day three. Unlike my esteemed colleagues that are taking day two prospects in day one, I'm going with a guy that we saw at the Senior Bowl out of Western Michigan, Jalon Moore. Jalon Moore has the requisite arm length to play for Andy. He has 33 and 3 8 inch arms, and he's a guy with versatility. We know Andy likes guys that can play inside and outside. Now, he needs a little work. He needs some help dealing with power. He needs you know to build his anchor a little bit better. That's why he's going to be available this late in the draft. Primarily a guy that played right tackle. And I know they need a left tackle, but if we get a guy like Jalon Moore, you can play him inside, 
work on how he can develop in this system and be able to have a potential steal late in the draft in a good tackle class. You can have a potential steal that fits all the requirements, moves well enough, and can really build off of his foundation as a smaller school guy and develop into a good, good starting tackle for this team. And you can catch him in day three. Now, it doesn't solve an immediate need, but he's a good developmental player. I love his versatility to play inside with our other 36 guards, if need be, as well. So... That's right up my alley right now. So, all right, guys, that's a good list. The, the issue that we're running into with tackles is we got all of these guys in the first 100 picks. Brady Christensen, Elijah Vera Tucker, Jalen Mayfield, Tevin Jenkins. All these guys have under 33-inch arms. Like, there is a lot of players that are under 33-inch arms right now. You might have a smaller picking of offensive tackles than you think come draft day. But now we need to move on. The Brett Veach torch has passed. Jake is now taking over the Brett Veach GM chair. What does Brett Veach sound like? Not what I did. I he's got a pretty Brett Veach. I mean, you're he just Brett got Veach, so. He's got a pretty normal voice, right? <clears throat> All right. Anyways. All right. Gentlemen. Too deep. Need, need, I, need I remind you that we got our asses kicked in the Super Bowl. And the, the, the common theme that many would believe is that this team is just ripe for the pickings with offensive skill possession, position talent, at re- especially at the receiver position. But outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, boys, I'm not feeling too good about this team's depth. I want to get a little bit outside of the mold that we've targeted in the past. We've already got Mecole. We've got Tyreek. I don't want another small slot type receiver give me someone that can win on the outside that has the physicality to beat press coverage consistently from the moment that they step on the field as a rookie here that we can throw them outside and count on them to be a viable number two wide receiver option craig give me a day one prospect that you are confident that will meet these needs Well, if you want a big receiver that can win and beat press in that way, we have to go get Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. He's 6'2", over 200 pounds, and he's great with contested catches, works the middle of the field, actually does a lot of great work following up on some speedier vertical threats and working off of those routes underneath prime to line up with Tyreek Hill and exploit some of the space that Tyreek basically can do there. And he's going to be able to win on some of these quick blitzes, beat press, get open underneath, give Mahomes the ability to get the ball out quicker than he's had to lately with guys that can't get off press. He's worth a round one pick easily in this draft, and he would slot right in at the X receiver. I don't know that there's a whole lot of guys that would play it better than him either. I like it. We'll take Rashad Bateman round one. But if he's gone, if he's off the board already, give me my backup day two player, Matt Lane. Who do you have notes on? Well, I agree. We got our ass kicked in that Super Bowl. And the last thing we want to do is be the Green Bay Packers and waste our elite quarterback's entire career by only winning one Super Bowl. We need to surround him with some talent. So we need to get some wide receivers out there. I'm looking at Amon Ross St. Brown, 
Now, I get it. You look at this guy, he's only 5'11", 197 pounds. That doesn't scream physicality. That doesn't scream possession X wide receiver that can beat press coverage. But guys, let me tell you, you turn on that film, he'll go out there. He's going to block. He's going to use his hands. He will get dirty. He will get physical with cornerbacks across from him. He's not a traditional 1990s X wide receiver. But you know what he is? He's an Andy Reid X wide receiver. He can run the full route tree. He'll compete vertically. That's not where he makes his bread. He makes it over the middle of the field. Short, intermediate routes. He is physical off the line. He's physical after the catch. He came out on his pro day. He had a good pro day. This guy ran a 4-5, which is completely acceptable for him, but it was his explosive ability, a 38.5-inch vertical, 10-foot, 7-inch broad jump. He's explosive. We all know that St. Brown family, full of athletic freaks. He's no different than anybody else. I mean, at 197 pounds, he put up 25 reps on the bench press. That's all you need to know about his toughness and his strength. He'll come in. He's going to compete every play. He can play inside, outside. He is our guy if we don't get Rashad Bateman. Well... You stated at the beginning of that that you don't want to mimic the Green Bay Packers, yet you go out and take the brother of Green Bay Packers receiver, Equinamius St. Brown. Matt Lane, you're on notice. Can't <laughs> going to need you to salvage this segment. Going to need you to salvage this team. I'm just kidding. I really like Amon Ross St. Brown as a chief. Uh, let me Stay get in character. Out of, get out of character. That's a great pick for the Chiefs in the in, on day two. Uh, Kent, day three, wide receiver. Well, boys, I have a I have a guy that I think might wind up being real good value on day three potentially for us here. Josh Palmer. And I think he's, you know, I think he might be a little of a secret to the rest of the league. I was talking to uh, a fellow scout, and this is real. This is real. He described him as very Canadian. Uh, and so I, he's right. Nice kid. And he plays with the highest of character. This is a guy that is strong and physical through contact, that can win at the catch point, can make physical contested catches, great body control to go get the ball in the air. And on top of all of that, oh, by the way, also a pretty pretty decent route runner. Maybe not the most elite athlete, but still does a decent job getting separation off the line of scrimmage. But he does the little things that we like in our receivers. We like some... We like some blocking ability in our wide receiver group. We like high-effort players that are going to do the little things when they don't touch the football. And Josh Palmer is very Canadian in that way. He will do the little things. He will give you outstanding effort. He will run around and make blocks. And, and he will help finish long plays and turn them into touchdowns because he's on the other side of the field, runs across from the other side of the field to make key blocks to help spring a play open. Dave Taub in his short shorts are going to love this guy. He's probably going to be a, a special teams player potentially in year one uh, while he learns Andy's very difficult, complex offense. But I think we got a guy that could really be a strong X for this football team moving forward. And I love that Kent was holding back so hard from going full John Dorsey with his accent there. All right, speaking, um, speaking of Kent, uh, I'm going to pass the Brett Beach hat to you um, to wear, and you're going to talk to us about Edge. Well, Rushers. before Kent talks to us about Edge, I have been informed by the higher powers that we must, in fact, take a break. So we will be right back after this short break. 
And welcome back. I am not Ken Swanson. I am your host, Matt Lane, as we continue our Brett Veach GM activity. But Kent Swanson is on deck. He is going to be role-playing as Brett Veach with the best Brett Veach accent we have heard yet during this episode. I'm fully expecting Eric B. Enemy or Steve Spagnolo here. <laughs> Listen, boys. At the end of the day, we didn't do a good enough job. <laughs> I can't, I can't even do it. I'm sorry. I don't oh, know what he sounds like. That was just funny. No, that was Eric ben- Bienemy, and I, I just yeah, I was gonna try on the spot to do Eric Bienemy. Um, I think you know, like Veach has a little nasal nasaliness. Guys, this was supposed to be my one chance to host the show, and what are we doing? Hey, y'all, I'm not doing a bit. I'm done. All right, guys, I need Steve Spagnolo. Uh, I need a, 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 an a edge that's. Dense enough for Steve Spagnuolo. I need the 260-pound edge. We need some density outside. We made some exceptions last year with Mike Dana. We need to get another big-bodied edge player into this program because we're going to have some long-term issues at edge because a lot of our players are on one-year deals up front. You know, we got to build around them. So where are we going in round one, Jake? Well, I'd like to uh, address the room and specifically Coach uh, Spagnuolo as I speak right now. Um, Coach Coach Spags, do you remember your time in New York with the Giants? Of course you do. Two Super Bowl championships, dominant defense, elite quarterback play in Eli Manning. But you had a man named Jason Pierre-Paul who played some edge for you, Kit was able to kick inside, had that length, had that density – um, with the smooth type of athleticism. Coach Spags, I'd like to present to you the edge rusher out of Miami, Gre- Gregory Rousseau, who I believe in due time can be that type of player. Because I don't know if you remember the Super Bowl, but Jason Pierre-Paul kicked our ass in that Super Bowl. So we need that type of player in Kansas City, someone that can play on the edge for us and someone that can also kick inside and just cause havoc in a team's backfield. We do not have that type of player on the on this roster currently with that type of length. So at pick 31, I would, I would lobby for you because I do not believe he will be there in round two. So I would strongly lobby that we take Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. I uh, I could do a Spags impression, but I'm not going to. Day two, Craig. I need you to I need you to convince me, Brett Veach, with a very Brett Veach accent about who we should look at on day two. Well, as long as we're picking guys with concrete shoes, I've got a defensive end for you guys. Uh, Peyton <laughs> Turner out of Houston. He is one of the biggest defensive ends in this class. He comes in at 270 with 35-inch arms. And Spags, he's got that inside-out versatility that you love off of your defensive ends. But here's the thing about Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner can bend just a little bit. You know, typically I know you don't like bendy pass rushers or even necessarily explosive pass rushers off the edge there. 
Peyton Turner, while he may not be the fastest guy out there, he can corner a little bit, he can bend the edge a little bit, and he uses that length really, really, really well. He's not going to go up against a tackle very often that's going to be able to match him in a length-on-length battle. I know you like that, and I know that you like lining him up inside. He's Everybody's sleeping on him a little bit because he did not have the best senior bowl performance. As a matter of fact, he really kind of disappointed there, but we get him in there with you, we get him in there with Brendan, all of a sudden, we can get the most out of this kid, and he's got all the raw tools to be able to be in high-class defensive end for you. Yeah, I've heard uh, those KC Draft Guide guys, someone gave them a my guy in that in their book. Really looking forward to my copy that releases on April 5th. I think you can go to gum.co slash kcdraftguide21. And I think promo code lab gets it for $18. $8, I've heard. 18 would be almost double their current price. Uh, I'd pay 18 though, because I'm Brett Veach and I endorse this message. Day three, uh, Matt, I need I need a I need a dense 260 plus pound edge to potentially target on day three, just in case. Let's stick down to the senior bowl. Let's pick another guy who had a more impressive showing than the more highly touted Peyton Turner and look at Janarius Robinson out of Florida State. Six foot five, 263 pounds, over 34 inch arms, big kid, highly touted recruit, Florida State. We know how those guys coach. They simply don't. So you don't know what you're getting with him. He runs around on the outside like he's me trying to corner as a pass rusher. And guess what? He's still effective at times because he's that naturally gifted. I mean, he's six foot five, over 260 pounds. He had over a 10 foot broad jump, 30 over a 34 inch vertical. This guy is an athlete for this size. He could come in. He could do the Gregory Rousseau number. He can play defensive end. He can play defensive tackle. He's probably more stout versus the run right now than Gregory Rousseau is because he's more filled out. He's not gangly. He doesn't look like a wide receiver with brick feet. He's got a little bit more juice, I think, than Peyton Turner in terms of his ability to turn the corner. He doesn't know how to do it, but his body functionally moves better than either one of these guys out there right now. Janarius Robinson, day three, take him. He's going to take a year or two to develop because his technique is bad. Once you fix it, he's ready to rock. He's ready to roll. and You might have your future Frank Clark replacement. I really like the athletic profile, that Janarius Robinson guy. And you're right, we do need to get stout against the run. And now we need Craig Stout to take over the Brett Veach role. Okay, I'm going to do my best Brett Veach impression. You guys ready for this? Here we go. This is going to be a disappointment and a letdown. I can already feel it. We need a corner. (laughs) We need physicality. We got to step up and get somebody that's going to press going to play physical throughout the route going to be an excellent blitzer going to be a great tackler we just need somebody to get in the face of these wide receivers because that's what steve spagnola wants out of his cornerbacks matthew i need a day one corner give it to me okay randy i will find you a savage on day one please don't hurt me so i'm going to give you cornerback ifitu melanfonwu and yes he is in fact related to obi Let's not get scared away. They might come from the same lineage. I mean, the athletic profile certainly comes from the same lineage. But this guy, 
He comes out. You know who he is as soon as you turn on the tape because he's the massive corner standing out there. I believe he's coming in at six foot, almost six foot three, over two hundred pounds. This kid went out and jumped over forty-one inches, over eleven feet. He's a big physical freak. But this is what I want to pay attention to: sixteen reps on the bench press at that size. This man is big. He is strong. He's not had a lot of experience playing press coverage right now, but he has the physical profile to excel at the line of scrimmage where he's really good bailing off, playing in some zone coverage, keeping his eyes on the ball, then he'll compete whether it's at the tackle point, at the catch point. He's very much got a my ball mentality. He will mix it up with receivers. We will have to teach him how to press a little bit. He hasn't done it a ton. We got to keep him how to keep his feet underneath him, how to shoot his hands. But there is not a single cornerback in this class. And yeah, that includes Joe Hornson, Patrick Sertan's son, that has a significantly higher ceiling than Ifitu Melanfanu does. We just got to get him in the building. We got to show him how to play how we like to. We don't play as much man as some other teams. He'll fit right in with his ability to play zone coverage and his eyes. Take him. Don't be scared off by his brother. Yeah, I mean, his brother's the one that I gotta really be worried about. I wonder if Ifitu Melifonwu is a tier one C-bat. I might have to thumb through the Casey draft guide to find that out, but... Don't fall off your ladder when you're doing so. Jake, I need you to tell me about a day two guy that you can give me if we miss out on Ifitu Melifonwu. I don't... I don't even think you sound like Randy Savage. You you sound like you sound like the general from Small Soldiers, the the movie with all. <laughs> you spent a lot of time rewatching kinda, Small Soldiers. I'm kind. No, like he sounds like the adult version of a kid that sold newspapers on the corner. Listen, don't make fun of my Delawarean accent. He's like a really bad hype man, <laughs> like real bad. I'm hyped. Uh, I'm going to give you a name just because I'm scared. Like that's if I, I don't want to let you down. You know, I just, I just want to, I want to go to bat for you. Um, I think, uh, so day two, day two corners. I think, uh, the guy that I would throw out for us is, is Tyson Campbell, um, the corner out of Georgia, who is a little bit rough around the edges, but we know he's a very plus athlete, and he is someone that will come up and tackle. And we know, um, we we know in the NFL today, if you're playing on the outside, especially in the type of scheme that the, that that Spags is going to want to run, his corners need to be able to tackle. And Tyson Campbell is a guy that that will fly up and he will hit. He will throw his body around. Uh, he doesn't care who it is in front of him. Um, He doesn't care if it's an offensive lineman that's going to put his ass in the dirt like the Bucs did to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It does not matter. He is a guy that is just going to compete. And he's never going to stop competing. And so he's the type of guy I think you could put on this team and just say, hey, you know what? He's he's rigid right now, but he's going to be able to come in and have a clear path to success in our defense. And we're going to be able to put him in a position to be successful here in Kansas City. Um, so I would lobby for Tyson Campbell on day two. Okay, so bunch of rigid zone corners. Got it. Um, can, can you give me something different in day three of the draft? Yeah, I can give you a guy that we got real hands-on experience observing this year at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Benjamin St. Juice is a long, physical 
cornerback, and when you were watching him and you were watching him in Mobile before practice, getting that extra work in, you know, getting it work in before the practice, this man's committed. You could hear how different his press, his the pop in his hands was compared to some of the other corners in this class. Keith Taylor, you couldn't even tell he was over there. But then when Benjamin St. Juice would go in and pop a pad, you'd hear it across the stadium. The man has some density, some power in his hands. He is a little bit overly overly physical because he's kind of a he's kind of rigid. Like he's a pretty linear guy and he needs to be physical and grabby at the top of the routes to stay attached. But I like the length. I like the power in his hands. I think he's going to be very disruptive at the line of scrimmage if we put him in a situation where he's getting to be disruptive at the line of scrimmage. I think you're really going to get you know, a guy that fits well in our defensive scheme. Uh, I, I like him more than Charvarius Ward already. I have a little bit of hope for him here as an outside corner long term. I think he could be real good value for us here and a really good scheme fit for the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo's defense. Well, thanks very much. I'm going to throw it over to my my other Brett Veach translator. Matty, take over, buddy. Well, that's going to do it for the AP Josh. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to cut you guys off that quickly. Yeah, so this was just our... Please do. This was our fun little Brett Veach activity here. We wanted to give you guys a few more names that maybe weren't in round one. You know, if we were going to make a draft, I think we would take all of my guys plus Walker Little because he's also a my guy. But I mean, I think that's the way this draft would go. So that's going to do it for the AP Draft Show. We will catch you guys later this week on the AP Laboratory. Craig, Kent, and myself will be back. See you then.